0: Hello and welcome to episode 41 of the Mental Health Gaming Podcast. Unfortunately for you lot, the voice is back. I'm Bradley and because I need to shut him up this week because he didn't shut up at all last week, I'm joined by Stu.
1: Yeah, it was verbal diarrhea last week. Yeah, watch our listenership numbers plummet. Well, you know,
0: you need me to keep you in check. You need someone who knows the, Mm. the fine, fine art of when to stop talking. And that's me.
1: It is absolutely do it perfectly. I've learned everything I know from you. I know, basically.
0: And now yeah. no one wants to talk to you anymore because they can't get a word in.
1: I know. I'm a horror.
0: Um, talking of horrors, it seems like one horror has just come to the end. We might as well mention it, seeing as it's um, current affairs. The world seems a bit of a brighter place this week.
1: Yeah, it really does. It's been it's bananas. Like we were, we were so happy. Me and my wife on Saturday night we were, like we we couldn't really contemplate it i couldn't like work it out properly but like the next morning we woke up around sort of 8 half 8 but we were so chilled because because of, of the news that we fell back to sleep to like midday and it's just like the relief just the the, the full body relief yeah. of him going was so much
0: yeah it's it's, it's- I mean, I've always had an interest in American politics and stuff like that because I've got an interest in sort of like American sports and stuff. So it all kind of bleeds in. And, and obviously, America's just like the, one of the superpowers. And um, it was, I've always had an interest, but it's always been a, a case of, oh, that's cool. I'm glad he won. And when I think Barack Obama won, it was, it was just, a, oh, do you know what? This will be really good. It's good, you know. America's finally waking up. You know, a black a black man in in the off, in Oval Office and and stuff like that. Or when Bush won, and it was just kind of like, oh, bugger, yeah. It was just those sort of reactions. But the pure relief and almost celebration of Trump losing was just just you could tell the world felt it, and it's um, yeah. Part of me, I was looking forward to the entertainment. I, I would say ninety percent of me wants him just to sort of like grow up and just go hand over power properly and do what they're meant to do. But there's that ten percent of me that really wants to see the secret surface, drag him from the White House kicking and screaming while filming it.
1: I'd love to see that. I'd love it, but he's such a coward that, you know, he'll be like, No, okay, I'm going, I'm going, you know. I reckon he'll, um,
0: he'll fail illness or something like that.
1: Probably, yeah. Probably, um, yeah. Some
0: way of getting out of it, yeah. I, I, I've lost, but you know, I, I It's caused me too much stress, or so I'm ill, and you know, I can't. I, I can't carry on, so I will hand over. It's just something. He's not just going to go peacefully, um, but he's not going to no. drag it out too much. He's just going to fire everyone because apparently that's what he's doing now. But anyway, enough of the orange bullshitter. Um, you can bleak that if you want. Games. That's what we're here for. What have you been playing to A
1: couple of good ones this week, and both of them very chill. So the first was I was playing Yoshi's Crafted World. So I was, <laughs> I was waiting in vain for the price to drop to something I thought was reasonable, and it never has. So eventually I just went in on it anyway. Um, yeah, it's crazy the way that Nintendo hold their prices. It's, I don't know how they manage it, because it doesn't seem to be like... A shortage of of the game. So there isn't really any incentive for them to keep it at a high price, but that's just the way they roll. So, yeah, anyway, I I picked it up and I really like it. I knew that I would like it from the demo when I played that, God, two years ago now or something. the game came out about eight months after that, or something. I don't know, but um, it's great. It's really chill. It got a kind of a, a couple of knockings from people that it was too easy, but it's kind of designed as a bit of a, a kind of thinky collect-a-thon. It's not really designed as a challenge in any way. The only challenge is, you know, uh, to make sure that you do things as quick as you can and, and as comprehensively as you can. You know, to have uh, slightly better results, but. It's got that lovely Nintendo charm. It's bright and colourful, and brings a lot of joy just because of its silliness. And it legitimises an adult sort of dipping into the Fisher Price world of, uh, you know, going back to primary school slash kindergarten yeah. and uh, mucking about with toys. So yeah, that's lovely. I, I really, uh, I really enjoy my time with it. I'm taking it very slow and deliberately, so I don't, I don't finish it too soon.
0: Yeah, it's, it is good. It's. I don't think it's ever going to go down as one of like an all-time classic um, first-party Nintendo game, but it's good. And one thing I will say when it comes to first-party, a good Nintendo game is much better than a good Microsoft game and a good Sony game. Yes, yeah. I'd much rather play it. And it is one, you know, I've played probably about half of it, so far, since we've had it, and I'll go back to it at some point, and and stuff like that, it's it's unremarkable, but it's I suppose it's like having a do you know you've got that film that you can just stick on, and you know it's not your favourite film, it's not it's not crap. You just you'll stick it on and you'll watch it because it's something to do. I find that's what the Yoshi games like. It's it's there if you ever fancy something.
1: Yes, yeah, it's a comfort blanket. Yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not as good as uh, just. Quickly to say, it's not as good as Yoshi's Woolly World, which I thought was a fantastic game. Um, and I'm not sure how many people played it uh, because of the platform it was on.
0: Yeah, I didn't get to play that one, though.
1: Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, um, but that if you if you get the opportunity, uh, it came out on the 3DS as well, and I played both because I loved it so much. And there's very little difference between the two. So if you fancy it and you can get hold of it, then definitely uh, give it a, give it a whirl.
0: It's also one I reckon we'll see a um, a re-release at some point.
1: Yeah, Nintendo love cash.
0: Well, they, they've got it. They've got basically the Wii catalogue. They've got the GameCube catalogue if they really want to do some extras with it. The Wii, Sorry, the Wii U and the Wii catalogues are there as well. And they can just go, well, we've got a bit of a barren four or five months. Let's up these games because we know how easy it is to make a Wii game actually look pretty damn good if you've used Dolphin Emulator. So we know they can up them. So it's an old game. We stick it on there for 50 quid because that's what Nintendo do and people will buy it. Yeah. And you know what? I'll be one of those people probably.
1: <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, they've got that, like you say, barren period, a little bit of a gap and it goes. Yeah. 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 And apart from that, yeah. I've... Um, I was playing uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts as well,
0: which... Oh, that's good.
1: Yeah, yeah, it seems good so far. I've not put a lot of time into it, but yeah, it's very pleasant, very sweet. It's kind of similar in that way to Crafted World in that it's not going to set the world on fire, although it, it has got a lot of people who really love it. I think people who are starved of, like, <laughs> Res style gameplay. <laughs> um, so, you know, yeah, it's it's kind of a pre-scripted, rooted not shooter but you know heart collector kind of like a mix of outrun 2 and and res uh on rails but uh it's all about the audio it's all about the tunes isn't it and collecting uh collecting stuff and listening to great music whilst you uh whilst you do it and uh yeah it's very fun yeah. pleasant pleasant game
0: beautiful to look at as well i love the art style mm. of that game i absolutely do it's kind of yeah. flat but got depth to it and the purples and the whites and the blacks just they just the contrast on them is just spectacular as much as i'm I, I couldn't really get on with the gameplay because i'm not i just struggle with that sort of gameplay on the whole anyway i couldn't help but want to play it and work through it because it's just everything else it delivers it just delivers absolutely wonderfully and if you do like the that sort of gameplay or you are competent at that sort of game then you'll get so much more out of it as well but yeah it's but you are right I don't think it's ever I don't think it's best in class but damn it is good
1: yeah yes it is good I I definitely looking forward to going back and improving my my score and stuff as well I'm already contemplating that even though I haven't completed it so yeah I must be doing something right
0: oh yeah definitely um, it works as a high-score game as well. I'd done that on some of the earlier levels, when I can do this, I can do this better. Yeah. I always say, actually, all rhythm action games, if they only had two levels, I'd be brilliant at them. <laughs> because those first two levels where they, they're almost like gimmies, I'm good at them.
1: Yeah. And there are some that are, di- are not even like that, that they're so difficult from the start that you've just got to be totally on your game. Like, Guitaru Man is just like, there's no... <laughs> no real easy introduction to that. It just kind of starts kicking your bum right from minute one, but yeah. totally worth it.
0: Oh, yeah, I played that and I think I managed to complete the first couple, and it was like, I can't go any further. It's so oh, good but I just can't do it. My body, my brain, my fingers can't keep up. I'm like that on medium, on like Guitar Hero and stuff like that. How some of those people are doing like the hardest difficulties, I just don't. Yeah, that's not me. Oh, uh.
1: Different league, yeah,
0: yeah, interesting. I've been playing a couple of things that are probably like wildly different, actually. So the first one I'll touch on is Town of Light, which I played uh, as on a stream um, start last last week to help promote the Safe in Our World first anniversary bundle. All games that have a link to mental health, both positive and I suppose more. I don't want to say negative, but more deeper stuff that. Look at the world at mental health and you know what what effects it has. And town of the light was one of those. I went into it and it's. I first of all, it's going to be a bit what remains of Edith Finch and and games like that. And anyone who watched the stream, I think, saw sort of me just hit an emotional barrier at one point. Play playing the the opening to that game. It deals with abuse, child neglect, and all kinds of things like that in a quite on-the-nose, but also quite subtle way. It uses, I, I would say, some tropes um, that you would see in films, especially, where, where they deal with um, psychology um, and mental health. It uses a few of those tropes. and But rather than going, oh, God, here's another trope, it uses them to its advantage to sow some seeds, and it really gets under, under your skin. And there was one, one point within the game where you had full control, absolute full control. And then you enter this little section and you only get control of moving forward. You, you cannot move back. You want to move backwards, but you just cannot move back. And every part of me did not want to proceed. I wasn't ready to proceed and it never made me go forward at any point it never said right you've got to go forward and we're going to make you know there's a time or anything like that but it wouldn't let me go back the only action i could do was forward and it made was sure. was that
1: the bit sorry to interrupt was that go the on. bit with the uh, the the gap in the floor where yes. you went down it and then it rotated again
0: yes yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah that yeah. was really yeah really strange
0: and I, I thought about that for um, the next, like, that, that entire evening. I went to bed and I couldn't sleep stuff because I was thinking about that particular bit. And I don't think that was the standout bit of, of the game either. But it's the bit, I was just like, oh, I actually feel quite physically sick at the moment. This was in bed later going, that control was taken away from me. But I had the power still to go forward. And that's all I could do. And it, you know, I had control, but no control. And it was messing with me, just really messing with me. And the game does a lot of that really well. There is puzzle solving, but the puzzle solving isn't inherently difficult, but it's designed at times to frustrate. And there was another point early in the game that you'd have seen on stream where there's this big guy who's clearly um, a nurse or, or whatever at the, at the asylum waiting for you. And he, he 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 looks menacing, and he looks big. He looks like he could overpower you, and even me as a you know as a, as a white male, I um I always felt nervous. I just thought I can't, I don't, I don't want to go there. But the game made it clear that was the only thing I could do. It didn't stop me moving around the room, and I could see him, but he was an imposing figure, and I knew eventually I had to go there. And when you look at victims of of abuse. It's something they have. It's, it really gets to me. Do you know when you see someone in a, in a beautiful relationship and they go, well, just leave them. Just leave them. Yeah. Or why did you go home after you could? Have, you didn't have to? And people don't understand it. I think what this game does well, it, it kind of frames that really well. I didn't have to go to where this, this nurse was. Um, I didn't have to go towards him. But that's what I did. I went towards him. And that was. All I could do. That's the only thing I could do. But I had the power to stay in that room. But I didn't. I i, I pushed ahead. Because I i felt that's the only thing I could do. And it does that really well. And it kept having a massive effect on me. For the next few days. And I've played a bit more of it since. But I can't bring myself to play more than. 20 minutes at a time. And it's one game where I don't want to go. Oh, Everyone should play it. I recommend it. But if you do struggle to understand you know why certain people take certain actions in their life this is absolutely brilliant for that yeah it's not a pleasant game it's not a fun game but it's a very important game
1: yes no it did look that way I, I it's, it's great the way that they're starting to play around with player agency and how that you know mirrors your your choices in the real world which they seem as if you have free will but you're often trapped by circumstance And so games where you're entirely trapped by circumstance, you know, that's, that's got a really powerful message that it can convey. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But yeah, honestly do, if you get a chance to check it out. And on the flip side of that, I've been playing Jurassic World Evolution. A bit different. Yeah. I played it originally on the Xbox. I've got the PC version. I mean, I got sent the switch version for review. Really good. Really good part management game. The switch port so far. Good. Um, It runs well. Text isn't too small in handheld, which is a good thing. It's got all the expansions in it. Um, so you've got the um, one around Claire, I am going to say Darling, I think. I can't remember. Uh, Deary, Claire Deering within it. And then there's the Return to Jurassic Park expansion as well, which I haven't played yet and I'm looking forward to playing. But, yeah, really good game. But, again, just highlights one of my own personal first world pet peeves with gaming. Allow me cross save in uh, just some way, or at least some way to have my progress. Even if you can't do it exactly, some way to have I've played it on PC. Let me unlock it all on 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 the on the Switch version. If even if you can't go with like an immediate cross save, just something because now I feel I've got to play the entire game again in you know the same parallel with the PC version, and that's I think the problem when you get ported games that come late. I think they will do themselves out of sales because if you're somebody who's played a lot of it on the console, bigger console or the PC, what need is there to get it on the Switch and start again? Yeah. Whereas if it's on the Switch and you can convert your save, then you'll pick it up because you can play it on the go and then drop that save back into the PC version or the Xbox version or whatever. But as it is, it's a brilliant game, but I... I don't know if it's going to reach a whole new audience. I don't know if it's going to sell as well as what they hope.
1: It's it's amazing, really, that, that, that they don't do that. I know we talk, touched on it briefly a few weeks ago, but it is incredible that they don't do that. Uh, I really don't think, as I said back then, it would cannibalise any sales for them. I think it could only help increase sales, even though it was coming out on a different platform if they offered them a conversion, you know, even if it was like a paid one for like four ninety nine or something, you know... Uh, People would pay it because they want to bring over that time. And I was watching a, a early ish review of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and it was by G Man, who's I won't recommend him because he's not great, but he gets a lot of exclusives. So I tend to like see them anyway. I'm just yeah. ugh, I'm defending my poor choices, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, he started on PC but found the experience to be quite rubbish. No surprise with a, with a, yeah. you know an Ubisoft. Hang on, Ubisoft or Activision? It is Ubisoft. Ubisoft, yeah. God, just had a brain fart. Anyway, yeah, and he said he found it to be rubbish. So 20 hours in, he switched to uh, the Xbox Series X version. And he said it's a class apart. It's far better. But it brought over his save because it's part of the same ecosystem. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, because he wouldn't have bothered... He, he said. He said himself. He wouldn't have bothered, and he wouldn't have started from scratch again. So just having that cross save, he, he was now. He's now like sixty hours deep. So imagine that. But with yeah. you know Jurassic World, you'd do it, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah. Oh, definitely. And it's. I mean. I can see it with some games. So like City Skylines, the second you use... Well, you you, know, you can't anyway because the PC version so far ahead of the console versions which are miles ahead of the Switch version on its own because it's vanilla. So I get some games you can't do it. But Jurassic World Evolution, even though it allows you to build your own park, there's nothing massive that you can do differently that I've seen so far on the console version to the Switch version at least. And so there's no reason they can't do it. And... I know it's not just as simple as press a button and it's done, but a save file surely has to be just a series of ones and zeros because everything in in electronically done is made up of ones and zeros in some way. And I know that's bringing it down to the base level. So it's got to be able to do things like, right, here's what you've actually brought into the game. Here's where you've put them. So that's your save file. So, will convert that so that it can be read by this version of the game. And I've seen, like, Hades is doing it. I know the fact is it's not coming instantly, but that's allowing you to bring your save across from PC through to the console and Switch versions. So, you know, that's, that is doable. Um, there's a Sudoku game I've got which allows me to do it. Cross save was a big thing at one point. So, I, you know, I, I would like to see it. Because, again, I would, down the line, if there was a game that came out across PlayStation, Xbox, PC, and Switch, if I know I can get my saves across to all of them, I'm more likely to get all four versions Yeah. rather than pick a version. Yeah. Um, I might only buy one at launch, so that's only one lot of 50 quid, but then you then get another three lots of 10 to 20 quid when they're on sale, Yeah. which is better than just buying the one. But it's an argument that I'll I'll, I'll go. And I know, again, I don't want to insult developers. I know it isn't just a case of pressing a button and it's all magic. I know it would require a bit of work. But maybe, hopefully, moving forward, we'll see any newer games now have that in in some fashion. That would be great. Uh, But, yeah, that's it, really, games for me um, at the moment. Just mainly some Tetris. Oh, that's a shock. (laughs) You don't want me getting started on talking about Tetris. Next week, I'll be talking Tetris Connect, so there's a pre-warning.
1: Hooray. No, I'm only joking. I always yeah. like to listen to you talk about Tetris. Such a good game. Uh, Do you know, yeah. uh, just a very quick aned- anecdote on it. Um, I'm, I love Tetris because, you yeah, know, you'd have to be insane not to love Tetris, but I can't play it that much because the Tetris effect for me is really bad and takes hold really quickly. Really? So even after about an hour... I just have the the uh, I turn it off and then the blocks are falling in my brain and I, I just uh, I can't do it, <laughs> so it's brilliant but I, yeah i I have to back away from it sooner than I would like
0: yeah no i I don't want to say that I am obsessed with it, but it's, it's yeah, it's stopped me playing other games it stopped me watching things on tv stopped me i wouldn't say it stopped me sort of like eating or anything like that but it's he's had me before sitting there going uh, do you know what i'll put my lunch back an hour i'll put it back a bit longer yeah it, yeah it does it does it does grab hold but that's because it's got a perfect gameplay loop but we'll save it we'll save it till next week fair play but that games wise from you as well
1: yeah, I don't think I've been playing... Well, this, there, is, there are some that I've been playing that are extra special, but I'll save that for... It's part of a project that I'm doing, part of a restoration project, which gives you a little hint, but not a big one. And I've been playing some games on something I'm restoring, uh, but we'll talk about that in depth when it's all uh, done and dusted.
0: Oh, you finally fixed that Red Ring of Death.
1: <laughs> Nobody can fix the Red Ring of Death. <laughs>
0: Okay, so, right, we'll move on. And I wasn't going to talk about this initially, but someone on Twitter mentioned about their bullying issues. And it got me to got me really to sort of thinking about mine um, that I had back in the past. And it's a tough one, uh, how, how much bullying affects you. It, I mean, the guy on, on Twitter, I mean, you should follow him. He's, a, he's really good on Twitter. It's Brian's PPD journey on Twitter. At, let me just have a quick look at BPD Brian. Um, he talks about his bipolar quite a lot, and he said about how he was bullied most of his school years, sort of like twelve years or or so, and about the negative effect it had on his development. And it brought it all back to me about the immediacy of my bullying, where I, you know, I struggled at school in terms of connecting with people was scared to show the stuff I knew. So any intelligence I was scared to show, never wanted to stand out. And I've spoken about it before, I tried to end my life three times during senior school. And um, I also, one time, I, I've written about it before, I had planned to go into school with a knife and the plan was to murder my bullies um, and attack the teachers who hadn't protected me, hadn't protected me, sorry, That that was a plan. Um, and spoke about how video games actually helped stop that because I I, instead of I played a bunch of video games, calmed down, thought about things logically and took the knife from my school bag and put it back in the kitchen. But it wasn't just the effect it had on me then. I I I tried to sort of re reshape who I was when I when it came to college, pretended I liked things that I didn't really, such as clubbing. I didn't really like clubbing but that's what everyone else did so I did it um, drinking pretended I like drinking um, because that's what everyone else did and so I had to fit in made a fool of myself a few times because I tried too hard to fit in or to be a certain type of person but struggled to understand why I didn't like these things as well but knew I had to force a certain personality so I didn't get bullied and I wasn't bullied at college, um, thankfully. And um, One of my closest friends I met through college, and she's still one of my closest friends to this day. Um, but it's I still have a very small group of people that I would say that I trust and that I can be open with. Um, he says as he's talking to a much wider audience and being open with them, but I find this much easier than sitting down with an acquaintance and, and talking openly. Yeah. So and it's affected things like my confidence in in myself to do anything. So when it comes to looking for jobs, my immediate thought is, will I fit in? What if I'm not good enough at the job? And am I going to open myself up to bullying? If I open myself up to admitting that I have mental health issues, will that lead to bullying? Um, and that stems back to one of the incidents of bullying was when my granddad died. My granddad died suddenly one night. Um, I went went into school a couple of days later after finding out. I actually pleaded um, with them, like, please don't, please can you leave me alone for today? Like my granddad died the other day, and I'm you know I'm in a really bad place with it. Uh, probably not as um, eloquent as that um, because I would have been eleven, twelve years years of age at the time. And the bullies used that as another stick to beat me with. Mocked me for my granddad dying. And really, since then as well, I struggle to show any emotion when people I know die. Um, Whether it be pets, whether it be family members, I don't have an immediate emotion and I look almost blank. Now, that's not me having no empathy. That's not me having no emotion. That's me still worried that what's going to happen if I show that emotion, you know, are people going to use that against me? And I will. It's one of the reasons I will go into a, a complete emotional lockdown sometimes if I'm in a bad mood and I, I shut people out because again, are they gonna are they gonna attack me? I don't think any of the adults as such that I know exactly are gonna bully me. Um, I don't think I'm gonna get bullied in the same way I did when I was a child, but it has that negative effect. You're always thinking about what's the negativity that will happen. And Brian. When he said, on he said about, you know, that there's brain development and can be the cause of developing mental illness. I think that's the case for me. When I spoke about sort of like trying to get diagnosed with ADHD, it gives me a reason to know why I was a bit different at school, why I didn't fit in, why I don't like the things other people like on the whole. That I can, that yeah, it can explain it to me. It doesn't excuse it, but it explains it for me. But it's still not enough for me to then go, right, okay, this is what you're going to do now. I've said, I've said before, I can't be the life and soul of the party. Trust me, I'd love to be able to be the type of person that can get up and, even though they sing badly, go and do a bit of karaoke just because it's fun and it's funny. Dance badly because it's funny, you know, do the dad dance and stuff like that. Yeah, I can't, you know, if we go to an event and the kids want to dance, I can't. I physically cannot bring myself to go and sort of like get on the dance floor with like my son when he was younger or my daughter or anything like that. You know, give like kids want to go on my shoulder, like as we walk it, as we walk in places. I fear I can't do that because people are going to look and judge, and you know, are they going to say something or do something? And that all stems from the bullying. Because if you try to do anything different, that's going to be used against you. And every single day, I'd go in. And, you know, I've always been brought up to stand by your own opinions. So I would always, if it came to sort of like a debate or something, or I knew someone was wrong or their opinion just was a bit sucky, I'd offer my opinion back. And teachers would turn around and go, I'm partly to blame. i bring it on myself because I'm this certain way or... I react to the bullies, or I still try and argue the bullies. I wasn't arguing, I was debating, or I was putting across an opinion. And I've always been opinionated, believe it or not. No, no, no. And um, yeah, it's uh, when the teachers blamed me for the bullying, and it was my fault. That was the first time, it was a year eight, I think it was. First time I, you know, I, I got the blame for Not the blame, but it was like I could do more to prevent it. That's the first time I went to decide to try and take my own life because the people who were there to protect me failed miserably. Yes. Um, And then victim blamed. Now, I know we hear victim blaming along the lines of people who are are raped, sexually assaulted, um, and that kind of thing. That You know, it's how they don't wear those sort of clothes. It's their, you know, it's how they, you know, it's, it wouldn't happen to them and, and so on and so forth. But it goes right down. It's very easy to blame the victim. When you've got a bullying problem at school, um, and I know sorry, this has been a long-winded way to get to this point, when you've got a bullying pro- problem at a school or any organisation, really, it's very easy to get rid of the victim. Put a bit of blame there away. Get rid of the victim because to address the wider bullying problem means massive changes. And people don't want to do that. Yeah. Now, I've heard, um, to go back to this, because she went to the same school school as me. Um, Joe O'Meara, who was in S Club 7, was described as, um, I think, like, she'd done Big Brother or something and a couple of bits and was described as a bully. Uh, because of the way she spoke to people and um the way she done behind the back stuff. all, all, all different kinds of things anyway. I didn't really don't really watch any of that, so I wasn't too well. All I knew is people was describing her as a bully. Now, the reason she was acting like that was during her school days, she was bullied. Um she went to the same school as me, so a couple of years above me, um, and she was bullied. Similar to me, day in, day out, people would attack her. Um, she wrote a piece about it. Unfortunately, it was for the scum, um, but that's what she done. She wrote a bit about the bullying, and straight away, the school defended themselves by blaming her for a lot of what went on. Now, she went down a different path to me with reacting to the bullying. She, for me, put up a shield and decided she would go on the attack first. She wasn't going to be the victim. She was going to be the one who attacks which I don't think is the right way to deal with things, but it's why it explains why she did what she did. Um, so that then leads me to: Do our bullies just inherently evil, or is there something else that's causing it? And I don't think it's a black and white answer. I think it is a very grey answer. But for for many, are people bullying others because of problems at home? Quite possibly. But this is why we need to look at the bullying as a whole. At school, colleges, or work organisations, um, anywhere really, is what is causing someone to bully someone else. And the term bullying as well still has this, I don't want to say lighthearted manner to it, but it's like if you're getting like oh you're getting a bit of a kick in now and again, you're being bullied. So when you then describe the bullying, which is the the daily torrent of mental abuse you get and the subtle bullying you get it kind of loses its impact bullying just doesn't have the impact as say like when you say to someone they're being um sexually assaulted on a regular basis at work that sounds disgusting that sounds like something needs to be done about well at school I was being mentally assaulted day in day out but that's not what it was called it was bullying and bullying is just oh just man up yeah you know fighting back I tried once to fight back. Do you know what happened? The bullying got worse. Yeah. You tell the teacher. I told the teacher what happened. The bullying got worse. My mum went and spoke to the teachers because she, at the time she went, I don't know what else to do. I need to speak to someone. They found out the bullying got worse. They made threats to me about what they would do to my mum. Um, now, looking back now, I go, fucking know that's pathetic. I wasn't really going to follow through with that. But as a, you know, a teenager who was fragile, emotionally fragile at the time, I believed they would go and do damage to my mum. So I took the bullet and didn't say anything. Led to another suicide attempt. And I say, when it got to the point where I thought, right, so far, I can't kill myself because I'm, I'm crap at that. That's how bad I am. Um, my next option, honestly, was to go... And kill, um, which sounds ridiculous. I can say that so plainly, but that's what it drove me to. And you do wonder how far are people going to be driven? If people, if we, if we, with suicide prevention, which is absolutely vital, and we can stop young people killing themselves because of what's going on around them, but that bullying still continues, what's the next logical step to end that bullying? If you if, you're, if we're doing what we can to stop people taking their own lives, the next stage is, well, we'll stop it at source. Because that's what I nearly did. And we need to find a way to stop it. We really do. And we need to cut it at source. We need to teach children from a very young age how it's okay to be different. And I think it is improving in some respects. Um, when you look at how people are reacting to I'm Sorry to bring it back. Looking to the people like Donald Trump now. The bully that he is. And we're seeing a reaction to that. And I'm hoping what we start to see is people teaching their children more and more about what differences are. And I don't think I always hate this. Oh, they shouldn't. You know, we shouldn't look at people as different. I think yes, yes, we should. We should look at people as as different because people are different. But appreciate what that difference is, why it's different, and it's not bad to be different. Yeah. You know, it's if if you've got someone who's. Ten years old, and they've decided they're not happy in their body, and they feel they are either genderless or they are a different gender. Don't hide it. Don't hide it. Don't tell the kids they shouldn't learn about this stuff because kids will understand. My son understands. Um, at thirteen transgenderism. He understands why people might not like to, you know, like their body and why they might want to be different. You know, let kids discuss all kinds of things. Talk to kids about homosexuality from a young age. If you're going to have sex education, not just the physical side, it has to be the emotional side. You have to allow a child who doesn't know what they're feeling, who could be attracted to a classmate, could wonder why they fancy, um, if it's a boy, why they fancy, you know, the, the whoever the most, you know, popular male actor is at the time, um, rather than, the, you know, the one all the boys are looking at who's, who's, a, who's a woman. Why they feel like that it needs to be discussed and kids understand it's only as we're taught, you know I grew up in the in the 80s and 90s where you turn around and go, if you don't like oh, you don't like football, that's gay that, that you know that's not an acceptable term anymore. I grew up in a time when that was and that only really came in when I was in my late teens. We're taught that and we don't have that tolerance, but that lack of tolerance is also what causes the bullying. And yeah, I, I I don't know what the answer is. I honestly don't know what the answer is because too many people are putting up a barrier to go, we don't have a bullying problem. We support people, you know, if anyone's being bullied, they can come to us without understanding why people can't go to them. But honestly, I, I don't know the answer. And that was never the point of this, but it's just, just to bring the idea of bullying, even though it mainly happens at school, and that's where it all like will come from initially it doesn't end. It doesn't end the second you walk out those gates in year 11 or 12 or whatever it is now. It that's not. It doesn't end. It sticks with you for 30, 40, 50, 60 years beyond that. And I'm still broken because of it. So yeah, I don't know what the actual end point to that was. But yeah, it's just a bit about sort of what, what brings me to where I am now, I suppose.
1: Yeah, and no, that's a good thing to talk through. And it's a—it's such a harsh experience. It, it sounds absolutely terrible for you, and like you say, it just persists then through your life and always, you know, always will. Yeah, I—I th- I get the impression that <clears throat> schools are better at handling it than they—they they were when you and I were growing up and going through the school system. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there'll be places where it still fails worse than others, but generally, it's yeah. You know, there's less tolerance of it. But in in your adult life, I think it's the best thing that you can have is people around you who just are are understanding, and they understand who you are and where you are. Just just take you know, they just accept you for who you are, no matter where you came from, and they understand that those formative experiences, you know, weren't great, and they uh, you know they won't perpetuate them themselves or them or their kids. So yeah, I mean. Again, like you, I haven't really got anything to particularly end on with with that other than, you know, back to be kind to each other and understand that the past and what people have gone through is persistent and it will continue to impact them for the rest of their lives, so be kind to them.
0: Yeah, and I mean, if people want a, I suppose almost a, a close with this, is if you want to see what happens when we allow bullying to run right, then just look at the world of politics now. Look at the various countries where they've clearly got bully boys in charge or had bully boys in charge and what that's done to the, to the climate. Look at how crappy the world is at the moment, the way people are treating each other, the lack of respect, the abuse that is rife right throughout the world. And that all comes because we allow bullying and the bullies are allowed to push on and push on and push on. Whilst those who are bullied feel second class, even if they're not treated to second class citizens, that's how they feel. They don't even actually third, fourth, fifth class. I don't know what the lowest class is, but mentally that's where you are. You're in the gutter constantly because you don't feel there's any good about yourself because you're told for many, many years that you're a piece of trash. And you start to believe it. And the people who tell you that, they're the ones who push on. And we need to stop that at source. We need to teach kids from the moment they enter a school environment to the moment they leave, that tolerance is vital. Doesn't matter who the person is, tolerance matters. Doesn't mean you can't disagree. Doesn't mean you can't dislike somebody. But tolerance and respect absolutely should be one of the mainstays of what children are taught in school from day one.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, And with that... I'm gonna let you close out again because you do it better than I do. Are you sure? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, okay.
1: I should deliberately cock it up now just for a laugh, but uh... yeah, no, <laughs> no, nah, nah. I shall aim to be and endeavour to be professional. So, yeah, again, th- thanks for listening. Thanks for your continued listening. Uh, it's great to know that we've got listeners out there. So if you'd like to reply, to share, subscribe, make sure that you're getting the name and our name out there as much as possible so that other people can listen and judge for themselves what they think of it, that would be great. You can support us on Patreon or Coffee. We do a lot on YouTube, so look at the channel and also Brad, particularly, streams tons on Twitch, so have a look at that as well. And yeah, just keep liking, subscribing and looking after yourselves. So yeah, until next week, for the meantime, stay safe and take care of yourselves.